0: Action brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Coming off of Easter. Uh, how was your Easter weekend?
1: Easter weekend was great. Uh, we'll talk more about it here in our words from the weekend. Prime on Friday, Easter Sunday on Sunday, something in between on Saturday night. So just a very busy weekend around the Crane House. And uh, from what my word from the weekend is, I can tell that everybody else's was as well. So um, a nice weather as we have outside. Not the best weather on Easter Sunday, but it didn't seem to tamper, uh, you know, Again, my word from the weekend will explain what I'm meaning by that, being able to tell everybody seemed to get out, still hunt eggs. Uh, Everybody got out, went to church. Uh, Just some wonderful stuff I saw over the weekend. So we'll talk more about that in just a second. But
0: uh, mine was good. Yours? Mine was good. Uh, I, actually, my word for the weekend is going to deal directly with that. So uh, we will wait to hear about that. But Matt, even with this bad weather, there is still a hot housing market in DeSoto County.
1: Absolutely, Derek. And right around the corner from me and you, Derek, where you and I live, is a um, there's a realtor sign that we don't recognize. And not only do we not recognize it, we really don't recognize it nope and it's still there it's uh, on the market now if i think going on maybe it's third or fourth week i wish those people nothing but the best what they do with their house is entirely up to them but i'm going to encourage our listeners to contact and partner with our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County when it comes to residential real estate. If you're trying to sell your home or considering selling your home, you may want to interview three or four different realtors, but no real estate team is gonna have more information about neighborhoods, more information about closing attorneys and closing titles and all those different things than our 2022 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 65 years of combined real estate, experience. They also possess thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They were recently voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. They're ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team, which of course means they're ranked as a top team in the state of Mississippi. They're currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, all the different things happening in the real estate market for where you're selling your home or where you're potentially moving if it's here in the Mid-South. Give Brian and Terry a call, 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Give Brian a call on a cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD. S O L D. Please do not go into the DeSoto County market alone. A lot of people think they can save money by not using a realtor. That is not always the case. Proven fact that realtors typically lead towards more offers and more money in your pocket. Give them a call again, 662 449 1700, or do a full home search in the Mid South at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to be a sponsor of the UTW podcast. Again, team couch of birch realty group and remember every home needs a couch well Derek, as you mentioned our words from the weekend is typically how we start our tuesday show
0: so let's not change that what is your word from the weekend matt my word from the weekend is joyous 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 despite the weather uh it was a very joyous weekend um saturday and of course we started with good friday good friday our church had something uh seven o'clock uh friday night uh, at the church. I know there was other things around town going on. Saturday, uh, really rain starting pretty much Friday night, uh, all day Saturday off and on, all day Sunday off and on, but still was able to get some stuff done around the house uh, and just really have kind of a peaceful Saturday. And then Sunday, still, even with the rain, even with it storming by about 30 minutes before we got to church, uh, just really uh, just a joyous time uh, celebrating Easter, uh, just a absolutely packed house. Uh, For the 9.30 service that I went to, I'm sure the 11 o'clock service was very similar. Eight o'clock service probably was also very, you know, had a lot of people. And and that was just our church. I mean, I can imagine that every church, and I talked to my parents uh, who live in Natchez and they went to 10 a.m. service and they said they were hanging from the rafters. There were so many people. So I think that this is kind of just that everybody's feeling comfortable. I know that there's still, you know, some COVID variants going around, but everybody pretty, pretty much feels comfortable going now uh, and sitting, I guess, in church pews and, and celebrating and just made the service just that much more memorable and meaningful uh, and just really got a lot out of the church service. Uh, and then that afternoon just spending it with uh, my in-laws uh, and then just with my own family. So just a really, really good time and just a joyous time, a joyous weekend, really feeling, you know, the meaning of the day, but also, you know, just kind of um, everything, just watching the, the flowers bloom and watching the grass turn green even though there's not much you can do in it because it's still about two foot underwater. Uh, but it's just a really, really just a kind of brought, brought joy to my heart and uh, just a, um, had a great Easter weekend.
1: That's a good word, Derek. We've talked over the last probably – seven or eight months since we started doing our words on the weekend we've put time and blessed and all those different things in there and joyous uh, this weekend is definitely a good word for that because the, uh, the so many blessings that we have really good to be back in church back in a full church with easter and just saying some really good songs all about easter so just a really good opportunity uh, there at hernando methodist church but i know uh, we passed by longview just an hour after our service and people were parking over the two banks yeah so so good to have so many people in church in the Lord's house, uh, on Easter Sunday. Um, if this was your first, if you're listening and you don't go to church very often, we do it every Friday. We want to encourage you. Don't let Easter and Christmas be the only times that you, uh, (laughs) darken the doors there. Uh, we're not judging you by any stretch. We're trying to encourage you to attend church, a a local church and find a place that you feel comfortable with and feel a home that you can begin to put some roots down, uh, church wise. So that's a a very good word, Derek, from the weekend. Mine is going to be two words, actually not gonna be one word, but two social media. That is my word from the weekend. Social media gets a very bad rap. Uh, social media, some people would call a cancer on our society, and that's fine. We can have that conversation. My mention of social media this weekend goes back to, as you mentioned, Friday night, Good Friday, was Hernando's prom. And hundreds of people on the Hernando square it is a very neat tradition that they do there at the Hernando square, hundreds of people taking pictures. And so I got to see all of those pictures, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, but well, I don't have Facebook, but Instagram got to see all of those pics, uh, on our UTW podcast account. And, um, you know, so social media was good there because, grandmothers and aunts and uncles and people like that that are thousands of miles away are, are able to see what so-and-so had on that night maybe see their date maybe see a smiling face that they love and, and want to see so i was then on saturday night attended the singer songwriter event at lynch ranch for the uh, mid-south therapeutic riding center and that was heavy on social media marketed on social media but the videos and the, and the pictures that you see on social media it uh, was a really nice event the weather held out it was it it's a very, very nice event. And that was all over social media on Saturday night. Um, so that's a, a way for mints out Therapeutic Peter riding center to uh, advertise themselves, but it's also the artists can advertise themselves and that type of stuff. So, so social media was positive uh, there. And then yesterday, Easter Sunday, just dozens and dozens of posts that I saw. And I don't have a lot of people that I follow, but I saw dozens of posts taken in front of a cross, uh, people that just put, uh, you know, he has risen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, You know, that's a very – I just love that. I mean, I love that that's an opportunity. It is a, an opportunity for people to express their beliefs. It's an opportunity for people to, uh, you know, put all those things in those, again, grandmothers and aunts and uncles and cousins and family can see each other from a distance, see what they wore for Easter and all those different things. So just a really neat thing. Social media is going to be my word from the weekend. I know it definitely gets a bad route, but there are times, uh, and this weekend being one of them for me that I was glad to have social media and use it for the positive things that
0: are, are out there when you're able to share for people you know, hundreds of miles away can still see within an hour what you looked like how the event went stuff like that that's a really really cool thing so uh you know great work from the weekend well technology may
1: be neutral but big tech may not be neutral so <laughs> that's <laughs> one way to think about that but uh, we digress that's a whole other show that might be a special <laughs> yeah. show the podcast can do one day well one thing we do here at the utw podcast twice a month we discuss the Alderman meeting for the city of fernando the Alderman meeting the second autumn meeting of april will be happening tuesday tomorrow night Derek, let's go ahead and talk talk about the
0: alder meeting coming up tomorrow night all right so this is the second tuesday of the month or second meeting of the month excuse me third tuesday second meeting of the month which means this is the planning commission meeting these are the items that have come from the planning commission to the board of aldermen to discuss and so a lot of this uh breakdown will be discussing things on the planning commission or from the planning commission plus a couple things at the end that i'm sure will uh, be of interest to uh most people in hernando so first we'll start with a, a request this is the uh the 0.40 0.40 acres behind the Bank Core South. Uh, this is the little residential lot right behind the Bank Core South. It's currently zoned R10. Uh, they were requesting to rezone it R8. Now, this has come up before. The last time they requested this, they had, to ta- they had to pull it and ask for it to be tabled because when they drew the lines out, they realized it was within five feet of the back of basically the hardware store of the old fridge right there, and so that, was, that did not meet code, and so they had to kind of restructure that. It sounds like they have restructured it. They'll be bringing that uh, tomorrow night to the meeting, so we'll see what comes from that. They're trying to break it up into two parcels. Uh, of R8, uh, residential single-family district. So we'll see what that looks like. The next request is for a two-lot minor subdivision. This is basically an individual that's looking to take their five acres uh, and to divide it up into two lots. This is um, basically on West Oak Grove Road, west of Fletcher Street, and east of Scott Road. Again, we've talked about a couple of these before. where somebody has a lot, they're trying to divide it by two, maybe to add another house for a family member or something like that. The next one is a request for final plat approval for re-subdivision of lot 5B of the first revision of Lee's Summit. Okay, so a lot of that's to say basically this is the property at the southeast corner of Mackingvale and Monteith. So this is a uh, basically a wooded uh, commercial lot. Right now it is 10 acres. They are looking to take that and to subdivide it into four lots. So they're asking for the final plot approval to subdivide it into four lots. Those four lots will consist of one is going to be six acres, one is going to be 1.1, another one's going to be 1.1, and the final one, 1.2. So basically it's one large lot and then three lots, about the same size for a total of four lots. Now, at the six acres, uh, I think right now they're looking to put a mini storage on that. This would be next to Colonial Hills Church, uh, I guess the furthest east of that lot. Now that request is not coming tonight. That actually I think went to the Planning Commission. It was tabled until the May 10th meeting. So right now only the plat approval so dividing this into four lots is coming before the alderman tomorrow night. Tuesday has night. nothing
1: to do with what's going there. Right. Hey, we we'll would just change it. We right. want to divide it this way. So that that's coming uh tomorrow night.
0: Next the request for final pride approval of the Trans Development Commercial Subdivision. This is the Exxon sign at the corner of Green Tea and 51. So On the northeast corner. The northeast corner. Correct. So this is the request for their final pride approval. Uh, so, again, that will be coming uh, Tuesday night. Uh, another one is a request for final pride approval. This is at Creekside subdivision. So this is just south of Muddy's uh Coffee, I uh, guess going toward toward the subdivision before you get to the baseball field. Those there's 4.63 acres. They're looking to uh, divide that into two lots, requesting the final plat approval for two lots to be rezoned right there, and that's going to be zone C2. Uh, so they're asking for that final plat to, to be put there. No word on what may be coming there, but uh, they are getting final plat or asking for final plat approval. The next one is for three lots combining into a single lot. So this is a little different. Everything else is maybe talking about going from one to four or one to two. This one's actually asking to go from three to one. So it's taking three lots being combined into a single lot of .36 acres. This is right there on Commerce Street at Ice Plant Road. This is where the old antique store used to be that's been torn down. There's a concrete slab there right now. Uh, they're looking to divi- to uh, kind of get that into one lot. So it looks like that's probably going to end up being a strip center of some sort. This is owned by Dale Wilson. Uh, so th- they're bringing it tonight for final plot approval to have that combined into one lot This strip center will probably face the nutrition store more than likely don't know well don't, know. don't uh, know this is it just says a southwest corner of east commerce street and ice plant lane okay so uh it's going to be I'm either facing i mean i have to face one of the two ways right, i think it'll sure. be easier to face the the uh nutrition shop but we'll right. see how that how that looks right. and then finally from the planning commission uh request final plot approval for nesbitt industrial park uh, three lots in there totaling 6.41 acres. Now, this is obviously where the animal shelter is going to be, but they're asking for another three lots in there to go ahead and be to be platted uh, in that industrial parts subdivision. So he there can in develop them. So That's he, right. Yeah, he's ready to develop them, yes. So uh, anyway, that will be everything coming from the Planning Commission that you can listen Tuesday to night, uh, show up, 6 p.m. at City Hall. The next thing, item number 21, annexation of unincorporated lands and territory in DeSoto County, Mississippi. This is discussion. Of- it doesn't say discussion. It Not just says annexation of an unincorporated land. I would assume it was a session. We, you and I kind of reached out to an alderman and said, you know, hey, look, what, what's this about? And it looks like this may be in response to a couple things. First of all, it may be lands that Hernando wants to go ahead and put out there that they are going to annex in the future I'm, I'm not saying anything's going to happen tomorrow night but maybe to go ahead and kind of put their, the word out that hey look this is going to be ours this is our annexation path to make it be clear and I think it's coming in response to a second thing to what South Haven is doing now we know that South Haven has taken you know uh, or looks to annex part of Nesbit now not the part of Nesbit that has the post office but the Nesbit uh, basically from Pleasant Hill up north to Leicester Road up Airways you know all the way to the interstate basically uh, and then all the way to Malone Road so kind of that skinny rectangle connecting South Haven all the way down to Pleasant Hill road. Now that was never, I don't think Hernando ever had any, any uh, want to go above Pleasant Hill road, but this also may be Hernando feeling a little threatened. Hey, we want to make sure South Haven, we're still in good graces. We understand where each other's kind of looking to expand in the future. So maybe some discussion, maybe an area, maybe they're already found something they want to annex. I'm not sure, but that was kind of what the alderman kind of briefly said to us when we reached out to him about that, that item. Then going from that, Uh, Another one, number 22, is the continued conversation of the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act. We mentioned, I guess two weeks ago, that Horn Lake opted out. Uh, South Haven, Olive Branch, and Hernando, as of right now, have not made a decision on that. Now, they have it up until May 3rd to make that decision. This is the last meeting for all three cities to have before that meeting Uh, for Hernando The last time the discussion looked sounded like they may be in favor of going ahead and and letting it stand, of not opting out. They had asked the city attorney to get with the city attorney of South Haven, and also for that was I think who may be leaning to opting out, and another uh, attorney to who may have a little more a little more lenient and say no, no, y'all could probably go ahead and stay in. Trying to get some information, he's going to present his recommendation. They asked for his recommendation to come to the meeting. Uh, on this on the 19th which is tomorrow night Uh, and so we'll see what he says to have what the how the board takes it and it sounds like they will either be making a decision to opt out or to pass to go ahead and remain in uh that will you know stand for the city of hernando so it'd be very interesting to see what they decide
1: and obviously that's his legal opinion that's right his legal
0: opinion opinion on what
1: they maybe should do because if you opt out you can opt in at a certain point down the road that's right if you opt in you cannot opt out that is correct so yeah that's Something they're kind of working their way through. I guess if Fernando opts in, then we can begin the process, begin the work of figuring out the zones and areas that it can be. Well, which the, zoning, I know the mayor did it can that. be
0: any yeah it could be anyone anywhere C one through C four right. And C- the
1: mayor put up some maps That's last right. meeting and so forth to where the way things stand right now uh, there's some limitations on where they can go. So maybe uh, you know we'll see how that goes. Again, seventy four percent of the people. Uh, in the state of Mississippi said I'm okay with medical marijuana uh, probably 99% of them do not want to buy their house <laughs> that's right <That's laughs> i right. just saying and the other 1% own the medical marijuana dispensary so and,
0: and again and we'll go over it once they have the discussion Tuesday night Friday we'll go over the rules again about a thousand feet and everything that goes into place if they decide to stay in uh, the next item number 23 uh, this was tabled from April 5th uh, also this was the possible acceptance of the Green Tea Road reconstruction bid remember it came in about seven eight hundred thousand hours higher than they thought it would because the price of asphalt has gone up so much since January. So they're trying to see, hey, look, can we go ahead and accept this? Do we have, you know, we, they did some research about the lottery money still coming in. Did they have enough money to be able to move over? So they'll have that discussion to see if they're going to go ahead and accept it because they still are able to accept it. The timeline for acceptance has not expired. So they may decide on that tomorrow night. And then finally, uh, on Tuesday night, the noise ordinance. Uh, this was something that we also reached out to, um, Matt, and, and you know we'll have more information on this on Friday. But the way it's written is a noise ordinance to consider placing the same time and decibel restrictions on indoor entertainment as is currently placed on outdoor entertainment and to remove the warning requirement, leaving it in the discretion of the Hernando Police Department. So basically making uh, our current noise ordinance a lot more restrictive than it currently is because it would be not only saying, hey, whatever's outdoor, also you can't play it any louder than 75 decibels indoors. It is also saying that Hernando Police Department is, you know, currently has a um, uh, discretion to whether or not they want to do it, removing that discretion. So basically, if you're over 75, you are fined. So that's going to be a pretty interesting discussion, I imagine, tonight or there, tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, and Derek, we have a noise ordinance because of um, one particular area. And that particular area continues to be an issue.
0: Sounds like it's being, a, may, maybe being abused. We'll find out more tomorrow night. But it sounds like it is being abused. And uh, I, I would say uh, thumbing their nose. Is that a good term for it? According to a couple people we've talked to, yes, <laughs> I
1: would say thumb in your nose. Yeah, you ever tell a kid, "Hey, man, don't touch that," or "Hey, whatever," or "Hey, let's do that," and they just kind of look at you and do whatever they want to do. That's what it sounds like. So it'll be very interesting yeah. to see that discussion uh, how that's going to go uh, for the Auburn meeting tonight. If you'd like to be a part of that discussion, you can certainly attend the meeting again six o'clock every first and third Tuesday will be the auto meeting in the city of Hernando if you want to be a part of that or you can watch it on YouTube again I will always praise the city for doing a wonderful wonderful job uh, with the transparency when it comes to the meetings two separate cameras you're really I mean there, if there's a better city coverage out there I want to see it because the uh, Hernando covers their auto meetings very well now and the planning commission meetings as well so thank you to them for that so we uh, look forward to updating that on Friday I had four or five people mention to me over the weekend whether it was at the songwriter event or church yesterday about how much they enjoy the coverage they say man i don't do even think about the order meetings until you guys tell us what's going on there so we really really appreciate people turning in to uh, cover that and derek i know they thank you for uh watching that uh, Bancorp south I, I won't tell
0: you that people when you watch the meeting no That's no, pro- no. It's, it's, <laughs> i promise you it's, it's prob- always at nighttime <laughs> uh maybe, maybe a couple of times unfortunately during lunch but uh yeah I know, I got you. Well, look,
1: let's turn our attention uh, from, from Hernando to some state updates, some statewide updates that you have for us. This is going to be pertaining to the economy in the state of Mississippi. The main guy that was going to know all about
0: the state economy gave us an update, Derek. Tell us all about it. All right, so the chief economist, Corey Miller, for the state of Mississippi, spoke on the state of the state and national economies at the meeting. So basically this is dealing with labor shortages, labor trends, and that sort of thing. So he uh, kind of gave an update that he said Mississippi is growing since the fourth quarter of last year right now at a 4.1% annualized rate. So again, we, you know, I think we kind of feel that. We see that. Uh, you know, business in Mississippi has been booming really since the shutdown uh, over the last 18 to 24 months. It has really been coming along. Uh, and so um, you know that we kind of feel that. But the number that he put on it was 4.1% since the fourth quarter. Uh, and it said that the Bureau of Economic Analysis reported that the Mississippi real GDP increased 4.4% for the state. And that's the most the state has increased since 1995. Wow! Uh, so, again, you know, again, we shut down. We're coming back from this. And we've come back, in you know, really gangbusters. He said that the state is slowly recovering from the COVID pandemic uh, and that the re- recession was a very, very short recession that they had in 2020. But again, it was basically a forced recession. Uh, and so, you know, really gave a, a great a presentation uh, showing all that. He said that the uh, sectors with a lot of face-to-face interaction, so the ones that were hit the hardest, obviously restaurants, uh, movie theater, anything where you had face-to-face contact. Van, companies, ones, van uh, companies, van companies, van companies got her butt kicked. Uh, all the medical kind of companies. Things. I own one of those two. Anyway. Yeah. So, but uh, but but things like manufacturing, agriculture, really weren't hurt that much, and they've been able to really come out of it. He said that the government sector was also one of the largest unemployment sectors. That are currently looking for business. So, if you're the government right now in Mississippi, has nine thousand positions currently vacant in the state. So again, you know, should that tell you something? Yeah. So four point simply should it should that tell you something? Four point four percent growth, and that's still with nine thousand government only positions like this has nothing to do with private companies that are still looking for business i know my bank's looking for summer tellers uh i know that everybody at some point is looking for help uh but the state the the, the, the state government itself not even not even say you know we know hernando the city of hernando's not in municipalities just the state nine thousand positions currently vacant so again if you want a job you can find a job and yet still we're having 4.4 percent gdp growth uh, and just continue to, to rock on
1: a lot of different uh, factors there, Derek. I, I would say one, like for instance, you said um, banks can only pay so much. So same thing with the government can only pay so much. That's right. But when you have someone like FedEx or you have someone like Amazon that whose business is booming, they can raise those rates a bit. So you're going to have a lot of competition for that 12 to $14 an hour employee. And that's tough.
0: Yeah, it's very tough. <laughs> not that's to mention, tough. let
1: me come. Let me come work for the government and get chewed out, probably sometimes or whatever. You well, know. there's
0: a lot of discussion. You know, the, the minimum wage. You know, minimum wage has not increased since 2008, 2009. I think it's 7.25 or 7.50. And you know, a lot of complaints about you know we're you know it's almost like basically like forced labor because you're only paying people 7.25 an hour. The problem is at nowhere could anybody hire anybody at 7.25 an hour. Uh, you have to right now pay a minimum of 15. Probably, I think even, I know our bank is right now paying $18 an hour for tellers. You know, so if you're hired as a full-time teller, you're going to make an $18 an hour. Did y'all move your current tellers to that level? Yes. Wow. Yep. Okay. And so, I mean, they'll, and they'll be you know, going on, but I mean, right now, hired in $18 an hour. Again, that is not government regulated. Sure, sure. That is market regulated. Yes, yes. That, market. hey, right now, FedEx is paying $18. We've got to pay it. McDonald's is paying $18. We've got to pay $18. And so that is reality. Um, it doesn't have to be government-enforced to, sure. to know that right now, if you're not paying $15 or more an hour, you probably have vacancies. And yet, even at those prices, prices people are still looking for help. Absolutely.
1: No doubt about it. And look, if you're uh, making more money now in your current pay or current job or you uh, get a job in the next uh, 30 days where you're making more money and you want to spend some of that money on travel this summer, if you want to spend some money on travel, taking your family somewhere, or if you're in need of a car or van rental, contact Mobile Car and Van Rental, the only car rental place in Hernando, Mississippi, located at the corner of Commerce and McCracken right here under the water tower. Megan, our manager, is always ready to uh, give you a quote, tell you the different things that we have going on vans, trucks, cars. If you need help with an insurance claim, if your car is going to a body shop or going into the shop for transmission or some type of repair, call Mobile Car and Van Rental first. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Mobile Car and Van Rental. Definitely filling up quickly for Memorial Day weekend through Labor Day. Give us a call so we can help you with your summer travel.
0: 662-469-4555. Mobile Car and Van Rental. Sunday, May 1st, North Point Christian School will have its next preview of the point for lower school grades, senior kindergarten through sixth grade. The event will be at 2 p.m. and will give prospective families an opportunity to tour the school and meet with administration to see if North Point is the right fit for your family. Grades are filling up quickly with upper school and preschool grades having wait lists. So they encourage you to register for this event quickly by calling Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127 Again, 662-349-5127. North Point is excited that so many families are looking to Christian education. They have had an influx of new students over the last two years and continue to see excitement for 2022-2023. Don't delay. Call and register today. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or
1: part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. As an independent insurance agent, they are not tied to one particular company, which allows them to have many more options for their customers, whether it be property, casualty, auto, life, home, you name it. Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland at Holland Insurance are ready to serve you. Call them at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. They work with Blue Cross Blue Shield, Echna, Cigna, Humana, Delta Dental, Travelers Nationwide, some of the largest insurance companies in the world, trust Holland Insurance to represent them in DeSoto County. Call them today, 662-895-5528. And remember, if you're a hardworking individual with a Mississippi insurance license and want to make a change, contact Bruce and Jerry today, 662-895-5528. Well, it's the middle of our Tuesday show, which always takes us to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, provided to us by the DeSoto County Museum, located right here under the water tower across from Corp South, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Rob Long and his staff are ready to show you around the DeSoto County Museum. Get around, look at all the wonderful artifacts, all the wonderful exhibits, talking about this great county that we call home of DeSoto. Derek, our DeSoto County Fact of the Week for this week Talks about uh,
0: something that you might enjoy. Tell us about it. Yes, Matt. This has to do with uh, Hernando's first bank. Hernando almost folded in a banking scandal almost as soon as it became a city. It involved railroad notes issued by a new Hernando bank called the Hernando Railroad and Banking Company that were basically worthless. The bank was established and given that name because the plan was to build a railroad from Hernando to Norfolk, Mississippi just south of Memphis at the very northwest corner of Mississippi, so basically where Walls is now, right. the cotton would be loaded onto steamboats once it reached the river. The bank was chartered on the same day as the city, May thirteenth, 1837. An amendment to the charter changes the terminus. So in other words, it was supposed to go to Norfolk, but then an amendment came in that changed the terminus of the railroad that would now go from Hernando to Peyton, Mississippi, which was a busy river port southwest of Hernando. The name given to the end of the line at Peyton would be called Commerce Landing, which is where the main street in Hernando, Commerce Street, gets its name. Hernando Bank was to receive a percentage of the land sales to acquire the land for the railroad leading to Commerce Landing. In September 1838, bank examiners came in to inspect the books of the new bank. The money shown on the books could not be accounted for, and it was stated that by the bank cashier, a Mr. J.N. Bybee, that one of the directors, a Mr. Samuel, had taken it to Holly Springs for safekeeping. The examiners came back in December of 1838 to check again, and it was found at the time that the books had been cooked, not by Mr. Samuel per se, but by the cashier, Mr. Bybee. Mr. Bybee then fled to California with the money he had, leaving behind a wife, Margaret, and several stepchildren, including hometown hero and famed Civil War General, James Patton Anderson, who had hung on to one of his stepfather's bogus notes. The bank was forced to fold due to the scandal and the town of Hernando almost with it. It was only by the reputation of a Mr. Orne, who we've mentioned before, and other honest men in town that the town itself continued on to where it is today. As a postscript to the story, General Anderson himself, hard up for cash during the Civil War, would lose, quote unquote, one of the bogus bank railroad notes of his stepfather in a poker game one night in the break in the fighting. So in other words, the Civil War kind of took a hiatus at one point in the fighting, and he lost this bogus bank note to a Union commander who signed the back of the note, neither one knowing who the other was. Mr. Ty James of South Haven recently brought that note, the signed note by the union commander, to the DeSoto County Museum last week along with this fascinating story.
1: We take for granted here in 2022 the stories over the last 200 years that uh, happen right here where we walk each and every day. That's amazing. What a neat fact of the week. That's really cool. Uh, Look, go back and listen to some of our other shows. We do our DeSoto County Fact of the Week on our Tuesday shows. If you enjoyed this one, uh, Derek has done numerous, dozens now and dozens uh, since we started our show that uh, are just as interesting and just as fascinating uh, right here under the Water Tower. Thank you, Rob Long, for another great DeSoto County Fact of the Week. You just simply never know what you're going to hear when you turn to the UTW podcast on our Tuesday show. So thanks again, Rob, and his staff. 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday, the DeSoto County Museum located right here on Commerce Street. Well, Derek, as you mentioned a second ago, the Commerce Street uh, here in Hernando runs right up to the historical Hernando Square, home to our seasonal advertiser, the Hernando Farmers Market. Hernando Farmers Market is a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. The Hernando Farmer's Market will be kicking off Saturday, April 30th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturday, April 30th. And it will run all the way through October 29th. And it will end its season on November 12th with a Christmas Farmer's Market. But next weekend, they will be partnering with the DeSoto County Earth Day celebration right here on the square. They will have a special Farmer's Market this coming Saturday from 9 to 1. Over 50 exhibitors on the south side of the square will be there for Earth Day. Direct Shred. Waste Connections, the DeSoto County and Hernando Animal Shelters will be on site with animals for adoption. And then the following Saturday, they will do their full kickoff for this season. They will have 40 vendors, including Clayton Farms, Moon Lake Pecans, Miss Pat's Homemade Pound Cakes and Yeast Breads, Black Sheep Hot Sauce. 40 vendors scheduled to kick off the Hernando Farmer's Market Saturday, April 30th from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m.
0: Looking forward to that. The Hernando Farmer's Market. Welcome back to the UTW Podcast. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable and relaxing atmosphere for their patients you can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing personalized dental care visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239 again 662-429-5239 podcast continues to be brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a
1: veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleanups. If you need help on the outside of your home or business with any project, Give Richard a call. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 292-8855. Find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Thank you, Richard, for continuing
0: to support the UTW Podcast. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website at GreenKingSpray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. I saw three separate Green King trucks over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, They're just a, just a booming
1: business, just uh, congratulations to them. Uh, we're, we know several people that maybe worked there, or we definitely know a gentleman who used to own Green King uh, uh, very well, of course, and uh, just staying busy, just a wonderful time of year. everything's starting to green up big time around the city of Fernando. Something else that is in full swing is soccer, softball, and baseball inside DeSoto County. Derek, tell us what's happened on the soccer pitch for the North Point Trojan
0: Boys since our last show. Well, Matt, North Point faced off against the number one team in their district uh, this past Thursday night, and for 30 minutes, the Trojans played even with St. George's. The Griffins got on the board in the 30th minute and then scored another goal right before halftime to go up 2-0 at the half. The second half saw the Trojan coach replace the goalie, and the Griffins scored three more goals on shots that just could not be cleared. The Trojans lose by a score of 5-0, and the record falls to 5-4, 2-2 overall in district. Their next game is at home Tuesday night in another district matchup against Harding, which they should hopefully win. Moving to softball, real quick, is it looking like an, it's a it's a St. George's by
1: far North Point in the second spot? Uh,
0: no, it's going to be. I'm going to predict right now. There's eight teams in district. Eight uh, teams, there's, yeah. There's so they oh. play a district game two this week, and then the last one will be next Tuesday. Do they play everybody home and away, or play everybody one last once three at home? No, I'm saying, but did they did they play each? Oh district no no no, team? no 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 no. You play them one time. Uh, so there's seven district games. Wow. Okay. Um, and so right now, it looks like North Point will probably co- – that the game next Tuesday will be the deciding factor between third and fourth. place. Third and fourth. Gotcha. So okay. uh, we'll put them in a playoff. There'll be a play-in game uh, That so that sometime after that uh, – and we'll go into this, but sometime after that, they'll have a one like – basically it's a head-to-head play-in game. If you win that game, then you're – guaranteed at least two more after that because you'll be trying to go to sub-state. Uh, if you lose that game, then you're done. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so everybody makes the playoffs, but they just, then they have that one play-in game. Uh, next, we'll move to North Point softball. The Trojans softball team defeated Olive Branch on Thursday night to improve their record to 6-3, and 4-0 oh in district. They are back in action Monday night, so tonight, against Briarcrest on the road in a non-district matchup. North Point Baseball. The baseball team traveled to Briarcrest, so the same Briarcrest team, on Friday night, and were defeated 8-4. to Their record drops to 14-5, and 5-1 and in district. They traveled to St. George's tonight, Monday night, for the first of their two-game series and will play game two tomorrow night, Tuesday night, at North Point. So, that's, again, that's how Tennessee does it, the do back-to-back two-game series. And so both of them uh, will be played here in the next two days. We'll report on both those games on our Friday show. Lewisburg softball. The Lady Patriots took on Center Hill on Friday in a district matchup and got the 11-3 win behind the arms of Raggett and Abrams, who combined for 10 strikeouts. Walker and Savage both had three hits and three RBIs each to lead the Lady Patriots at the plate. They move to 19-6-1 on the year and wrap up their regular season Monday night in a non-conference game against Brighton. Now, they're still waiting on a couple other games to be played to, to, to decide their district and to see where they're going to be playing for the playoffs. Next, Lewisburg Baseball. Now, game two of their best of three series against DeSoto Central was played on Thursday night, even though game one had not yet been completed. The Patriots traveled to DeSoto Central on Thursday to take on the Jaguars. DeSoto Central got one in the first and three in the third to take a 4-0 lead that was then 6-2 after the team's traded runs in the fourth. Lewisburg added another two runs in the fifth and one in the sixth to pull within one run only to see Desoto Central get two runs of their own in the bottom of the sixth and close it out for an eight to five victory. Scott Sharp got the loss for the Patriots. Jacob Hill was two for four with a run, and Gage Haley was two for three with an RBI. The two teams turned around on Friday at lunch to finish out Game One, that was postponed with Desoto Central having an eighteen to nothing lead with two outs in the fourth. The teams finished out the game with Lewisburg adding four runs to the score in the bottom of the fourth, but D.C. winning easy in an 18-4 fashion in five innings. Gage Haley took the loss for the Patriots. Right after that game, game three was started. Uh, D.C. had already won the series and was looking for a sweep, while Lewisburg was trying to salvage at least one game. DeSoto Central got one in the first in game three and two in the second to take a 3-0 lead. Lewisburg answers by getting two of their own in the bottom of the second. Both teams add a run in the third, DC then goes up five to three, only to see Lewisburg get four runs to take a seven to five lead. The teams then even it up again at eight to eight before Lewisburg finally gets two runs in the bottom of the sixth and holds on for a ten to eight victory. Matthew Osteen gets the win for the Patriots. The Patriots' record now stands at twenty-two and three, seven and two in district, and they are the number two seed in district, 2A, in district two six A. Of course, DeSoto Central being right. the one seed. They will face the three seed uh, starting this Friday in the playoffs from another district, which will be Germantown High School. So they start the playoffs this Friday against Germantown High School. Game one will be here at Lewisburg. But before that, the Patriots will play one more tune-up game Monday night at at Oxford High School for Oxford Senior Night. So, again, they're playing uh, tonight against Oxford, and then we'll rest and get ready to prepare for the playoffs Friday night at home against Germantown High School. Moving to Hernando Softball. The Lady Tigers took on DeSoto Central on Friday, and DeSoto Central was just having their way with the other DeSoto County teams because they beat the Hernando Lady Tigers 5-4 in a non-district game. The Lady Tigers' record is now 21-6, and they play South Panola Tuesday night for the district championship. Hernando will lock up the one seed by either beating South Panola or by losing by three runs or less. Good luck to the Lady Tigers on trying to get the number one seed in the bye that comes along with that.
1: Yeah, number one seed in the bye, that's big. I mean, you just sit, sit and wait, really. They're uh, I mean, a, a already advanced, exactly.
0: And again, I mean, they're obviously they should they should be the one seed. We're going to be pulling for them in one seed and be interested to see who they match up against uh, after that buy. And finally, the Hernando Tigers. Hernando played on Friday, having already got the the, the buy and got an easy thirteen to five win over Whitehaven to push a record of eighteen to six overall, nine and zero in district. Hernando is the one seed out of District One Six A, and will get a buy as mentioned in the playoffs this week. So they will stay in baseball shape by playing DeSoto Central on Tuesday night since both teams received a bye and what could be a matchup later on in the playoffs. They will then play Lafayette at home Thursday night before traveling to North Point to finish out their week on Friday night. So Matt's still staying busy. A Tuesday, Thursday, Friday game, kind of keeping with the same tradition of having, you know, usually a best of three series with a, a district team since that's over with and they're waiting. They're going to have those tune up games this week and they will start the playoffs against an unknown team or two to be determined team next week.
1: Still don't know who they're going to play yet. So they're just kind of, like you said, DC gets a bye. So what's the point? I mean, no big deal. No harm in them playing. It doesn't other matter.
0: Other than they may face each well, other they, yeah, know, later on,
1: but that's I'm just right. saying still two one seeds that won't see each other for a little while. That's right. So might as well, you know, tie it up. Same thing. I would I would. Just say Lafayette, same thing. Same thing yeah, Lafayette's that, going right. to have their one seed uh, right. type thing. So, look, congratulations to all those young people and everything Derek just went through. Keep playing hard, uh, You know, having a wonderful season. Look forward to covering things in the playoffs pretty soon. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Hernando Lady Tigers, the softball team, can pull out that uh, district championship. I was a little bit confused on I think they've already beaten Salpanola in their game, so I didn't know exactly why yeah, I had to but, come out
0: The softball doesn't differ. They don't do the best two out of three. They literally play one home, one away. Okay. So, it sounds like to me they beat South Panola at yeah. home this is the away game South they haven't lost any other district games South Panola has not lost any other district games Interesting. so as long this is a basically a sure. one up tiebreaker. so if they can win the game outright they're fine or lose by like three runs or less well,
1: look if you enjoy what we do on the UTW Podcast hopefully praising these young people find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast on Instagram at UTW Podcast and on Twitter at UTW Pod if you cover any of the people that we just talked about any of the teams that we talk about and you uh uh, maybe post on Twitter a score or maybe some stats for a game, simply put on there at UTW Pod. That's at UTW Pod. If you'll tag us, that helps Derek keep up with what's going on for your different teams. Wherever you listen to our show, please give us a five star review Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star review as it helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB-Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. OB-Pod covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also, deep dive into Center Hill Athletics, Lewisburg Athletics, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB-Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, hope you have a wonderful week. Look forward to our Friday show where we talk about and review the Alderman meeting happening tomorrow night here in the city of Fernando and some wonderful sports things going on as well.
0: If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl, same grade as
1: me. Tried to kiss her once in the aisle of the bus, and she walked right
0: over.